You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Garden Report. I'm Chris Grenham. With me, as always, Nick Gelso. Nick, <laughs> I'm alive. You're alive, barely. You're hanging on by a thread after the beating you took on social media <laughs> yesterday. Uh, Celtics lost to the Milwaukee Bucks last night, 98-97. Kind of a weird game. Teams looked very, very rusty, rusty. coming off the All-Star break. I mean, it was an ugly first quarter. It was a very ugly third quarter. But it turned out to be a pretty entertaining game, especially down the stretch. But... Before we get to that, let's <laughs> oh, let's address your day yesterday. So, in a <laughs> in a Garden Report segment, um, which you can see on CLNS Media's YouTube page, it's on CelticsBlog.com uh, and it's on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's everywhere. You, you, it's everywhere. Yeah, you said in the segment Whoa. that you wouldn't mind if Kyrie walked if he left. What, what, now I'll, I'll share my thoughts on that afterward. <laughs> what did you exactly mean by that? Give me your expanded, expanded thoughts on that outside of the video. Yeah. I mean, first of all, <laughs> that, that was a dejected, those... that was a dejected. Yeah. <laughs> to all those tweeting, uh, at me, please continue. I, I, I love it. I love the debate. I love, you're a very, you're a very, uh, you're a big supporter of any publicity is good publicity. I, I am, but that doesn't mean that I'm throwing myself in the fire either. <laughs> I, I just, I, I like the back and forth. I like food for thought and I like topics that are going to create dialogue, not necessarily just put on green goggles. Right. So right. I think as a whole, Chris, two years working with me, I think you could say I, I'm a pretty, pretty, um, fair when it comes to the team yeah um, i'm uh, you know i'm there's no question i'm not a beat reporter and i'm not a writer and i'm not a analyst dude i'm a sports personality so i'm going to give you what's on the tip of my mind and right now my opinion hasn't changed since we filmed that garden report basically right. what i said was at this point Kyrie could go i don't want him we don't we don't we he could go and here's my appraisal on that. First of all, again, two years work on me, Chris. Who uh, there haven't been many more Kyrie supporters than me. I mean, I yeah, put myself. Yeah, big. On the I line. can I can attest. I can attest to that. So, as a person who's put put himself on, uh, there's a couple points here. I know we're on a timeline, so I'm not going to go crazy. But as nah, someone who dude, put them, you got you got the platform. It's all yours. <laughs> someone who's put themselves on the line. It. I guess maybe there's still a bit of the fandom in me. Whatever. When then in return, you're 
kind of feeling a bit betrayed. I could see how I, I would react the way I did. Now, what I meant was I don't feel like the Boston Celtics should ever be put into a situation where the Cleveland Cavaliers have been. Kind of back into in, a corner. Yes. Danny Ainge has, first of all, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Danny Ainge, Wick, Doc, those guys revi- revitalized this franchise. I'm not willing to, and I have no say in the matter, but I'm not willing to to hang on to Kyrie or the hope or dream of Kyrie being happy in Boston if he's not. It's been clear, at least by his actions, words, and body language, that he doesn't seem to be comfortable wearing these, the Celtics uniform. Yet he seemed extremely comfortable wearing the all-star uniform. I mean, I could go into that over and over. But the point is, when it all comes down to it, I feel like the Boston Celtics are above this free agency bullshit, and they have worked. The optics of this is horrible. When you have a guy like Danny Ainge, like I said, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, these guys have broken the mold to say Boston is a desirable place to play. And Paul Pierce... Hey, he was playing on other teams and still said he considered himself a Celtic. Kevin Garnett said he wished he came to the team, you know, at the beginning of his career. And then one guy is going to come in and tear all that down with his boy, Anthony Davis, who's saying he doesn't want to be in Boston too. Don't come like, that's okay. You could leave. So you know, I, that's how I feel. I mean, I would rather lose and enjoy covering and watching the team than win and see What's happened to this team morale-wise? But when, when my, my response to that last part would be when in what regard and when – how far? Because if, well, in my you opinion, can't you, can't, you can't get as far as you want to go without Kyrie Irving. You need him. I, yeah, if you want to win – not going to be the difference between beating Golden State and not. Yes, he is. If you I do, I don't think the Celtics could beat Golden State. Well, that's the thing; they can't. But I think he's going to be the difference in potentially beating Milwaukee in a series, potentially beating Toronto in a series. He, I mean, I think he is—he is a difference maker. You need him. You look at last night, right? They're playing the Bucks, and it's a crappy game shooting-wise on both sides, both teams. Kyrie leading the charge; he was one for ten at one point to start mm. the third quarter, and. Not All of a sudden, best fourth quarter comes around. Yeah, yeah, and at fourth quarter comes around, and he's he's the guy, and he's knocking down spot up threes. He's getting to the rim Chris, very easily with scoop I shots. I gotta like, cut you off, man, because I'm not debating his greatness. I I'm I my stance there hasn't changed. Right, One but of I'm the saying if they don't life, have him, if they don't have him, who do the Celtics turn to there? Like the Celtics get blown out in the beginning of that fourth quarter if it's not for Kyrie. But 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 Chris, my point is. This game is irrelevant if July 1st, which I believe he's already gone, but by July 1st, it's over. No one's going to be talking about when Kyrie turned from 2 for 17 or whatever the hell he was to having a great fourth quarter in a game in February against the Bucs. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like what last night shows to in turn for the playoffs and in turn against better competition. I don't think you or I or the fans need to know or see what Kyrie contributes on the court. It's... It's obvious. I, I think he's, it's been one of the joys of my life covering this guy. He's one of the best players I've ever seen live. But that doesn't negate the fact that he has an opportunity with one decision to rip apart everything Danny Ainge has done in the last six, seven years, including trading away two Hall of Famers. Right? Yeah, I, 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 totally, I totally understand 
how him kind of he hasn't backed the Celtics into the corner, but he has in a way. And mm. and I he get has. how that I totally get how that can rub you the wrong way. And I have I flip flop on Kyrie all the time. I mean mm-hmm. I've, I I love I think he's one of the best point guards on the planet. He's unbelievable that I've ever watch. seen. I could say yeah he's he's a tremendous tremendous talent, but he does kind of bother me in how he responds in press scrum sometimes and how he reacts to certain stories. Now, if we can kind of pivot well, this don't way. Pivot yet. Wait, wait, don't pivot well, yet. I'm sticking with Kyrie. I'm All sticking right, with good. Kyrie. I have but a point I, on the press scrums. Well, that's what I'm going to kind of stick with here. So okay. he is almost like he's too earnest for his own good. Um, he doesn't, he's not good at, you know, we're going to use the term because it was pretty hot the last couple of days, pouring water on a story. He's not very, he, <laughs> I he's love. not. He's not he's great regret, at that. Bullpet is going to make him regret that. Bullpet was see. great because Bullpet <laughs> was, but I was, I First commend, I thought it was John Corrales. I texted I co- John and said, dude, that was a great question. He's like, no, I think it was Bullpet. It wasn't me. It, yeah, it was, it was Bullpet. And I commend him for the way he kind of worked through it with Kyrie because he wasn't backing down because he was like, we're asking no, you I'd to never clear won. this up. Before we write the story, and that is fair. But on the That's other side so of it, fair. That's his job, dude. But but on the other side of it, you have to look at it from Kyrie's view, and it's totally fair what Kyrie is saying too. The way he responded was combative, and that is probably that's a and, little problematic, and that and, is not and the best way to get anything especially done. But with, with Steve Bullpet, I mean, yeah, the dude is not just a legend, but he's tied at the hip with Danny. Right. So here's the thing. Bullpet was actually doing him a favor. He was giving like, him the opportunity the to clear the air. He was giving him an opportunity to clear the air before he wrote the story. No offense to the beat, because I, I love all our colleagues, but there are very few left that actually ask questions and press scrums that are regarding to a story they're working on. Right. And that was something he did, giving Kyrie the opportunity to respond to it in a in, an, in, a, in a mature fashion, even if that meant, dude, this isn't even worth your time or my time or your time to write this story. That could have been fine. Move on from there. Instead, the diatribe. And I, I just I'm, I got to I got to say it. Kyrie Irving has been so unfair to the Boston media who have basically handed him softball since he came here. And I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not having a problem saying that. Every one of these speculative questions that have come up have been risen to Kyrie from either the New York media or the national media. So, and the only time that the dude actually in the last month, now prior to that, I'm not going to say he was always great with us, but in the last month, the dude, you have to summon Kristen Ledlow to come in and ask him about the all-star game to get a smile after him out of him, even if it's a, a 20 point win they just had. So I just I think he's misplaced because the Boston media has been super supportive of Kyrie until the MSG comments. Could you believe the terrestrial radio here has been soft on him? I mean, they're soft on nobody. And, dude, you're going to go to New York where you're going to lose and you're going to get terrorized by the New York media. You're not going to have the gentlemen like Steve Bullpett or Gary Washburn or these hardworking guys on the beat who are. Be trying to be fair, trying to report on the team, but also be supportive of a guy like Kyrie. And he's not noticing it, and he's not he's not stabbing out at visiting teams media or you know the national media. He's he's lashing out with just about every question posed to him 
by Boston media. Yeah, and you, all valid points. I mean, he is, I think, you know, I, they have the Boston media has been pretty good to him, I, in my opinion, and oh, and I uncharacteristically, I, yeah, and I think he he's not going to change for anyone. So if anything bothers him, he's going to let people know, and he's going to voice his displeasure. But I I have to say, like I do, maybe the combative response was just his overflowing irritation. Oh, I'm tired the, of hearing about that too. With the story. But you the have to understand. Been, listen, Chris, no. The dude shouldn't have even been at the All-Star game. Okay, that's no, – That's a that, whole other topic. But he puts himself in positions – He's talking he, to Kevin Durant in a hallway. The fact of I, the matter is people are then freaking out on Twitter because he put up the number two sign. That is just – It's ridiculous. That makes, that makes no sense why people are going crazy about that. There's no I reason agree. to do that. And I get – that that's what makes the NBA quote unquote fun, and that's and that's what drives the league. There's a lot of the drama and a lot of that stuff. There's it's everywhere. I get that, but in my opinion, I understand Kyrie's combative response because that whole tirade and people analyzing that video is total bullshit, and it's so stupid that I agree. in baseball a guy can go and granted baseball is a failing sport right now. But mm-hmm. you see a guy run up to first base, and he has a conversation with every first baseman, and he has a conversation with every guy on the other team, and it's just a passing story. You can't walk in a hallway with some dude on another team in the NBA without it getting analyzed, and that's got to get annoying. I get where he's coming from. Like, that's and fair. you know what? Pull a KD and don't, you know, take a week off from talking to the media. Don't well, do that's, well, there's, there's, the well, well, there's the other side of the argument. If you're going to get so irritated by this, then just go full Kawhi. And just go radio silent, and that's but he fair cannot too. do that. That's but the problem. but you're exactly he's that's not him. He can't do that, dude. I have been rooting for this guy all I, all since last year. Also, for, for the record, I don't think he's going. Isaiah I don't. Thomas, I don't think I was, he's going anywhere. In my opinion, just want to throw that in. Well, there. I, I don't okay. know. I'm gonna be. I gotta be honest. I'm gonna be shocked if he doesn't. Because in my mind, from what I can see, really, just from his body language, he's just so disconnected. I, and and and, and here's the other thing. We're talking about Kyrie being sick of it right he's just so tired of it it wasn't happening before he went to madison square garden and made that stupid announcement like in reality it was not happening there was no questions about his free agency because he put it to rest in preseason then a month ago he goes to msg when you even said we both said he should sit out of that game and play all-star or super bowl sunday where no one's gonna bother him instead he goes to new york and this happens. This wouldn't I mean, happen again. It all it all just goes back to him being almost too earnest for his own good, and he has trouble putting things to rest because he just won't do that. Today's episode of Good and Plenty is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to CLNSMedia.com/win and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive fifty percent cash back on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive 50% cash back on your first deposit. But if if I talk about Kyrie anymore, I think my head is going to explode. Well, so, I'll throw one more at you. How about, yeah, real quick. And uh, yeah, How about we're talking about uh, Kyrie and, and some, you know, whatever, silliness. Uh, how about Robert Kraft? It's all over the news. I was just gonna this? pause. I was just gonna pause this, and uh, I heard about this yesterday, and I was like, I don't think it's true. Although I could see Kraft doing it, 
And not uh, not not great. I mean, there. This is that's not on TweetDeck right now, and it is blowing up. That is something. But let's move on to Al I'm Horford, who can't. Al, let's let's go to Al Horford because he would never be involved with something like this. He is a wholesome, wholesome man. Yes, sir. And he has been so good over the last three games <sighs> against Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. In those three games, he's averaging 20.3 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 2.3 steals, 1 block a game on 47.4% shooting. Like, that is remarkable. Playoff out. Playoff out. It's playoff out. And, I mean, again, he's the wheel, as Steve Kerr said, right? Yeah, I mean, Chris, again, Al Horford is playoff out. Since that knee injury, as that knee has recovered, he's been outstanding. Al Horford. Jalen Brown has finally become Jalen Brown again. I mean, the bench was non-existent against the Bucs except for Jalen. Jason Tatum is getting more and more confident. The, the team itself is playing really good basketball, even though they lost last night. And yet all we're talking about is Kyrie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the equivalent to that Toronto game when Kyrie had, in my opinion, his best game in a Celtics uniform, one of his best right. games ever, best game I've ever seen him play live. And he goes into the locker and postgame brings up the LeBron combo. Ah. And every article the next day and that night is about his LeBron phone call. And right. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is this is what we're talking about? The guy goes for 30, 10, and 8, and now we're talking about the flip about... side of that, Chris, the flip side of that is hopefully the rest of the NBA is paying attention to uh, Kyrie's stupidity and not paying attention to how good the Celtics are playing because they well, are wanna... playing well. I mean, I like Jalen Brown has been so good over the last so month. Al, Al Horford has been so good over the last month. Shemi Ojale played some pretty good minutes last night. I'd like to see him get some more time. Of course, a lot of that is related to Gordon Hayward missing Gordon last Hayward, night's right. game. Right. Um, right. But what, what, was, what was your biggest takeaway from last night's game? I mean, it was ugly. Like, it was really ugly. But I still think that considering it was their worst shooting night of the entire season – they only got to the free throw line six times, which was their That's lowest ridiculous. amount of the yeah. season. They only lose to Milwaukee by one. That's got to be a positive, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, I said it last night. It's the worst best win of the season. Or, but it's a worst. It's best a productive loss, loss, as Keith Smith put it. It's a productive loss, which is it was a productive loss. Accurate. It, again, it shows that this team plays up to opponents and can compete with anyone, which is why I think everybody is so frustrated all the time. Yeah, and and you know, I think and and what you mentioned is kind of like some their growth over the last month, yeah. over the last two months. And Alex Kungu on, on Twitter this morning made a pretty good point. He was talking about in in past games that beginning of the fourth quarter when Stevens starts with the second unit, which he normally does, a lot of times he leaves him in there for a bit too long, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's too far gone, and then they turn into desperation mode in those last five minutes of the game, and it's too late. Well, last night. Yeah. The Bucks started to pull away. They expand to an 8- or 10-point lead, and Stevens calls a quick timeout, and he puts the starters back in, and the bleeding stops. And they he cut the lead deficit right back to be- four. Like that, That's a great adjustment and, and great, it, no, you know, great point from Kungu. Chris, because he hasn't been real quick this year, Brad. We're talking right. about one of the best coaches in the NBA, but he's not been quick to make adjustments uh, as far as playing time goes. Yeah. He's also not been – it, it is a uh, Stevens trade to let the team play through shit stuff, but I think this year, to to a certain degree, he he allows them to play through. I think this coach, this team, because of the talent, needs to be coached 
more because everybody's got to get their shots, you know. And I think, especially in the beginning of the season, the Celtics were overly that the shot selection was bad because people were passing up good shots trying to be too unselfish. Like Gordon Hayward needs plays called for him. Al Horford needs plays calls for him. The thing about Al Horford is right, and I encourage you to take a listen to it. Right after the Celtics beat the Sixers without Kyrie, uh, Sixers beat on our network uh, with Derek Bodner from the Athletic. They went and uh, they did a whole show on that on that that game, um, and you know how the Celtics are just in their head and blah blah blah. Their key to the Celtics winning. I mean, they could not brag up and down more and i wish the the celtics fan base would would listen to this episode just to hear it they couldn't say enough good things about al al horford and how with the celtics playing the sixers if they did not have al horford it would be a completely different outcome seven out of ten times because of the way al could contain and frustrate and bead and yet still be productive offensively yeah and that's and he's the difference maker against a team like philly specifically just because of what he does to Embiid and and kind of pulls him away from the basket. But last night was another example of how he's a huge difference maker against a team like Milwaukee because he can kind of contain a little bit. You know, contain is a... There's a different definition to contain when you're playing Embiid and playing Giannis. But he's such a difference maker on the defensive side. He can help space the floor on the offensive side. And with him out there, it allows the Celtics to effectively target guys like Brooke Lopez and Nicole Miritich and even Ilyasova at times. And that's why, in my opinion, I just don't think that there's, I, I don't think there's a, I'm not worried about the Bucks in a playoff series. And I know you tweeted that last night too. Mm. I, I'm not really concerned with them. I'm definitely not concerned with Philadelphia until those teams make some major adjustments. And that starts without Horford, right? Mm-hmm. No, it does. Yeah, I mean, and you're not just talking from the. He's an underrated defender, I think. I don't think it gets discussed enough. So you talk about it on the defensive end of the floor against a guy like Embiid or Giannis. Like you said, there's two levels of 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 success with those two players. Two different things, but you know the the other side of it is the offensive end. I mean, I never hold my breath when the ball starts with Al because he makes good decisions. The Celtics, I mean, like back in the day, I used to say, listen, the Celtics are the best when Ray Allen's running the baselines and the ball is moving. And today, I can honestly say the Celtics are in a great, great position when the ball touches Al Horford's hands. He doesn't even have to take the shot. Yeah, I, I hey, man, I could do like a three-hour podcast on Al Horford. We should at some point. We should we just, just get Anna on and, and complete it with, with and just, you know. We really I, should. We should just yeah. have a round, an Al Horford roundtable. There it would go. be I, It would be un- unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, all right, so the Celtics now turn. They stay on the road. They head to Chicago. They flew to Chicago after the game last night. They will be practicing this afternoon at uh, Northwestern, I believe. And then they play the Bulls Saturday night at 8 o'clock at the United Center uh, before heading to Toronto on Tuesday uh, to wrap up the three-game road Tough trip. Yeah. So the Bulls, remember the last time they played in Chicago? Yeah. They yeah. basically uh, ended the Bulls, and then yep. the next day was the whole leadership committee and the yep. Bulls yep. deciding not yep. to show up yep. to practice. So it was great. they'll meet up with Jim Boylan and the boys in Chicago, which should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Gordon Hayward, no injury report out yet. I'm assuming we'll get an update this afternoon. They said he felt decent going through warm-ups yesterday, but he wasn't good enough to go. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see him get some small minutes against the Bulls. Um, but anything you're looking for specifically in that one or more so in the Toronto game? 
you know, I mean, obviously the Toronto game speaks for itself. I don't think we need to say much there. And I, and I'm not, I think it's very similar to the Milwaukee game where, you know, you know, the Celtics are going to show up against a team like Toronto. Yes. They're very good at home and the Celtics struggle in Toronto, but you know, at least they're going to show up and it's going to be a well-fought good game, win or loss. Right. Yeah. But Chicago, like tonight, like this is, or tomorrow or Saturday night, this is one of those games where you're like, are they going to come out and embarrass themselves? Because this team has just played down to poor opponents. I want to see them blow the doors out of, off of Chicago and get everybody, even though the all-star break was just here, get everybody more rest, you know, just, yeah. just really, they got to win these games, Chris. They're I mean, not the, gonna. The I, they're game, not gonna have any trouble with the Bulls. I don't. Well, think. If they do, we're all gonna. We're gonna do a podcast on Saturday night. If, if, if the Bulls know, those. if the Bulls know what's good for them, they'll make sure that the Celtics. <laughs> they'll make sure that the Celtics don't have any trouble with the Bulls. But I think the Celtics have been better about playing with their competition in the last month or so. Again, it's the adjustments. They're they're improving week by week, and I like the way this team is trending. If there's still a lot of Kyrie news out there, but despite all of that, the team is improving so i'm happy with the progress i mean i i think i I like where this team stands right now i do too but i think that a win against teams like the bulls atlanta these the bottom dweller teams they need to take every single one of those just to get us back for having to put ourselves through that clippers mess i won't bring up the lakers because that was a different set of circumstances that clippers mess the other uh, week and that's insane i mean they're They've got to win the winnable games. They have to. It's got to stop. Crazy. It's crazy. That, that Clippers game and the Marcus Morris comments seem oh. – they, they feel like they were two months ago. There has yeah. been so much news during this season. It is incredible. I mean, it's fun to mm-hmm. a point, to but a point. it is just remarkable. But either way, Nick, you and I have to go catch up on this Robert Kraft news. Well, is, I'm, uh, trying Chris, to, dude, like, I'm trying to record a podcast with you, Mike. I don't know who it is, but my phone has not stopped tweeting and texting through this. There, I've had a hard time hearing you, I think, because I, it, is yours too? It's going crazy. Yeah, there is so much Robert Kraft stuff going. So there, right now, I think there's bigger news for us to go attack at the moment. So Nick, yeah, no one's really going to care about Nick Gelso clarifying his Kyrie comments at this point. <laughs> well, they've got bigger <laughs> Thank things because they got because they got to talk about Robert Kraft in a massage parlor. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go talk about this, Nick. I'll see you at the garden next week. Let's see you at the garden.